I'm uh, icing my, uh, I don't know if you see it. Yeah. Yeah, that was last week, right, on the 25th? <clears throat> yeah, I got my surgery done. Um, hold on, this fucking thing is going to fall. I had, to, I had an old surgery and I had a new surgery, I had a new, uh, sorry, I had a old injury and I had a, uh, a new injury in my training camp and in my fight I actually tore my, I tore my uh, meniscus and my MCL and my, and my ACL was torn 80%. Ooh. Um, yeah, and I fought through it. I mean, that's why, that's why, uh, that's why. You know, I, I still, I mean, I know it was a close, I don't know if you watched my last fight. Yeah, I did. I, I watched it. I had you winning it, but. I, I it was a close fight. I mean, yeah, of course, it wasn't the most exciting, like, in a sense. I wasn't, I wasn't being offensive, but I, I, I was in a lot of pain, and I tried, I tried very hard to hide it. Yeah, I, I thought you did a good job. I mean, I didn't notice it, and uh, obviously there's Canadian bias for me, too. I'm Canadian, so anytime a Canadian fights... If it goes to decision, they automatically win in my mind. No, no, for sure. But but you look at the numbers. I mean, if you look at the numbers, yeah, I I I have more than I have more significant strikes. Yes, it was a very close fight. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. Mm. I take my hats off, uh, Francisco. Uh, Francisco, he's a very very durable fighter. A lot of experience, you know. Yeah, you had. I had you winning rounds one and two, and I thought you you both struck him in the first, and then two. I think was. You guys yeah. had the same amount of strikes. I just found because he he hit you more in the head, and you did a lot of leg kicks, and so I think it all kind of came down to scoring. Um, yeah, but uh, I I missed. I, he got me a couple of shots. He did land some shots, clean shots, but I I mo- most of them I dodged them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard it's hard to score, uh, and I find a lot of the judges are uh, some of them are boxing judges. So they often score things differently than an MMA judge would. And I think that's one of the biggest issues now in MMA, too, is the, the issue with judging. And, and no one scores fights the exact same way. Joe Silva, just go back to Joe Silva. I, I, I actually liked him a lot. He was, a, uh, he was dealing with my manager. Uh, um, well, I had, I had a lot of... My, my, my career is like a roller coaster ride. Um, you know, I went through... I went through like uh, my manager Mitch Mayberger, and then I left him. My older brother came into the picture, and then he got me hooked up with uh, Fear the Fighter, and he got me hooked up with Hector Cas, Hector Hector Castro, and then they after Fear the Fighter bullshit, and then they left the scene, and I and uh, and then I I got back connected to Mitch because it's a shitty business, you know, and I don't really trust people. So I, he was he was there from the beginning, so I was loyal to him. So I went back to him, uh, but Joe Silva, he was man- he was matchmaking most of my fights until he left, and then Sean Shelby uh, took over. Yeah, I, I really like Joe Silva. I thought his matchmaking was spot on, and uh, I like the way he just shot his shot. He just sent Dana White a message saying what he'd do differently, and I think it it's kind of like the definition and something a lot of people need to do. Just if it's something you want to do, shoot your shot. He became a matchmaker just by sending Dana White an email, which I think is kind of cool. Hundred percent. Hey, can you hold on two seconds, brother? Yep, yep. No worries. How how is Halifax, man? It's been a long time. I haven't been in my home city. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, obviously, a lot going on now with the pandemic. Everything's kind of shut down. It's hard to to get out and do stuff. They just recently opened it up, and I think businesses and stuff are starting to open up. I think next Monday, things kind of go back to normal. But 
overall, not too bad. We had that that mass shooting, but I think for the the pandemic itself and uh, everything, it's it hasn't been too too bad. Okay, cool, man. How are things that? Can you just I want if you don't mind me asking, Wick, tell me a little bit about yourself. I just see so, you as a Twitter matchmaker. I don't know where you are. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm actually I'm an accountant. So I I, I work nine to five as an accountant, and uh, I've been a huge MMA fan for for years. And I did the started MMA matchmaking just as a hobby, where I just matchmake fighters after after their fights, and uh, I people started following it, and I was like, yeah, cool. And then uh, with the pandemic, I couldn't watch fights because everything got shut down. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast and just ask fighters to come on. So I had. Uh, right away, guys like Mike Rodriguez, Andre Ewell, uh, Jamal Jamal Herring. So I had some really, really high-level guys really, really early on, which is really surprising. Um, I was expecting it to be a lot harder to talk to MMA fighters, uh, but I found everyone's pretty open and they're willing to talk. Well, because that's, that's that's the martial arts. That's what that's what martial because most guys are. Actually, I come from a very traditional. I yep. come from uh, I come from a very deep root. You're not going to see many of those. A lot of like right now, UFC, the modern mixed martial artists, they're like more like WWE, you know, very like, uh, you know, it's all about the ego and you know, like talk trash. You know, I mean, I I understand it's a business, right? But mm-hmm. I come from very old school. My my teacher would like beat the fuck out of me if I would if I would go in the streets and if I would try to hit someone. If I would like if I go to if I go to the dojo and I learn how to throw a kick and then I'm like, he tells me if you ever go use these against people in the streets, I'm gonna kick you out of the gym. You know what I mean? I had I had very like old school teachers where it was just strictly, you know, you come to the gym, you train, this is your outlet, go to a competition, and then everything else is like you stay you stay quiet, you stay humble, like you know, it wasn't like showing off. It was just another way for me to express myself, and one thing led to another, and uh, I just continued training and fighting, and I went from taekwondo to karate to kickboxing, and then I, I got introduced to mixed martial arts and. Next, you know, I'm, I got contracted with the UFC. Yeah, I think that that background has really made a made you well known. I th- I think you're the most exciting fighter in lightweight division. Um, no, no, don't say that. Come on. One of one of <laughs> Justin Gaethje is up there too. You know, but I think uh, Justin well, Gaethje, of course, bro. Every yeah. fighter's dream is to be a top ten fighter. But you know, you know, Gaethje. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, he has a solid team behind him. No, he looks like he has a good team behind him. Yeah, he's at Elevation Fight Team, so a really, really solid group of guys there. Where is that? Is that in, is that in uh, Colorado? Well, I'm not sure. I know he's got like Drew Dober, um, and all those guys are with him. Um, so he he's got he's got a solid solid group, but I think they're smaller. They're a smaller group, and they just stay close. So it's not a big team like ATT or anything like that. Or a- yeah, well, what was it like training with those guys? I feel like they're like they're so far, especially GSP. Like GSP is in a class of his own, um, especially in Canadian MMA. He's kind of looked at like the like a god. What was it like well, training was, training with him? Honestly, man, uh, George is like um, George is is very you know hard worker, right? Uh, he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of physical attributes that no matter how hard you work out with. You can never keep up to him. It's like, it's just God talent, you know what I mean? He has this, some people have it, some people don't have it, you know what I mean? And and the, the thing is that he kind of, he found his formula in a very, in a very early time. When I came into TriStar, when I came into the picture, I was a kickboxing, I was a kickboxer uh, developing my mixed martial arts skills. So I was already behind 
George George was already ahead of his time. George was very he was already like a, a well set, uh, had a good skill set with with the mixed martial art. Like he understood, he had good mentors around him. So when I came into the picture, I was just learning, and and because of my because of my just you know uh, because I'm I'm able to adjust, I was able to pick it up very quick. You know, if you consider my I was the age of 26 years old, 23. 23 years old, and then 26, I got signed in the UFC. George, George was doing karate, martial arts, mixed martial arts at the age of 17, 18. He was, uh, his first MMA coach was uh, the crazy Russian guy, Kristoff, whatever his name, I don't remember his last name, and he did a lot of underground fights, you know what I mean? So a lot of people don't know things about George, but, uh, you know, he was an advanced. Basically, to answer your question, he was, an, he, he, he was, a, uh, he was ahead of, of all of us, you know? And David Loazzo was actually side by side you know george and david were best friends they're training together getting ready for fights and then just things happen and people grew apart and uh, everyone went their own way yeah obviously he's getting inducted to the ufc hall of fame this this summer which when, when it was announced i was like how is he not already in there i i just assumed he was um do you have him as number one of all time like me personally or like uh you're talking about in, in the roster uh, you, pers- you personally, yeah. do you think George is number one all time? You know what? Uh, George is for sure uh, one of the best athletes in the mixed martial. You know, what? it's hard for me to say who's number one yeah. because it's all it's all about what you're looking at. You know, what I mean, it's all relative. Um, I don't, I don't like right so eagles talking i'm gonna say i'm the number one obviously that's that's you know i'm gonna say i'm the best right because i want to be the yeah. best martial artist but in in the record where he proved what he done he's for sure one of the top fighters but to be number one you know you, you gotta look at you gotta look at asia you gotta look at european and you gotta look at north america there's so many high level fighters that didn't have that opportunity to showcase if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah. Uh, for me personally, to be the number one, you gotta be like, like, see, like what what Conor McGregor has been doing. He went from featherweight, went to lightweight, then went to welterweight. See, that's for me, I respect. Like a guy like that, I respect. You know what I mean? Because he's been pound for pound. You gotta be changing weight classes and, and beating all the best guys in the world. You know, so uh, so for me, that's uh, you know, I look at I look at the the risk. I look at who you're fighting. How many times you're fighting? You know what I mean. George was very. His career was very processed, very methodical. Yeah, yeah. Like he he fought guys that were I guess smaller than him because he's a big welterweight. Um, yeah. And he kind of came back and and I, I like Bisbing, but it was a one-eyed Bisbing. You know, there's always that. Conor McGregor, for example, like you mentioned, willing to fight anybody anywhere. Um, so even though there's more losses, I think that has to go when you look at it as well, uh, when you consider who the GOAT is. So we'll go back to your fight, your last fight. Um, so you fought 24 times and 17 in the UFC in MMA. What was it like competing, I think, for the first time in front of no no audience as a professional? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, it was very weird, you know. It was very uh, weird. Like, I felt like I was in the Twilight Zone. But, you know, it felt like it was, uh, you know, I'm in a movie scene and we're, like, rehearsing. Yeah. yeah, it sounds a little weird. Like I'm, I felt like it was kind of, uh, it felt, you know, uh, unreal. But I, I, I kind of like, 
honestly, I just took it the way it came. I didn't really try to, I didn't try to overthink it because uh, if, if I start overthinking things, then I'm just going to be in my way. What was the, the roller coaster events like? Because it was going, you went to Brazil, you got all the way there. I think it was the first time you competed outside of North America, too. Yeah. Uh, in very, the UFC. Yeah. Yes. And Brazil, then, yeah. yeah. And then it like, you know, you don't know if the event's happening. You got all this stuff going on. Did that play a role? And, and what was that like? Uh, what was all that going, going through your mind? What was that like? Um, well, first of all, Brazil is a beautiful country. Um, it was weird because uh, people were saying, like, I started to, I started to, where we, where we started to enter, enter my brain. Like the whole training camp, people were talking about coronavirus. And I didn't really care. I was focused. You know, I had the tunnel vision. And then uh, and then after that, uh, people started saying, like, you guys might not fight. Uh, every, a lot of a lot of uh, news was coming on the, on the social media, like Twitter, about coronavirus. And then Bellator, and then Bellator started to uh, say that they're going to cancel their fight. So there was a lot of rumors going back and forth. My family back at home, you know, kind of worried about what's going on. So it was very, like, a lot of uncertainty. And it kind of, uh, it, you know, it, it was a shitty moment. You know what I mean? That's that's the best way I can put it. Yeah. It, how how does it how did it feel when you got home? Because I think you were quarantined, weren't you, for fourteen days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, was I, what was that like? I mean, you're talking to a fighter, right? Like we we go into we go to the gym where we're sweating, we're fucking grabbing each other, we're wrestling, we're kicking each other in the head, like. I mean, viruses, God knows how many viruses, bacteria entered my body. You know what I mean? I don't really know. You know what I mean? I kind of uh, have a strong immune system. Since a kid, I was playing outside in the streets. I don't really focus. I'm not going to stop my life for a virus that apparently is killing the world. Me personally, it's just a different topic. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't let it get to me. And the only time it started to become serious when government stepped in. Yeah. So, so overall, with what the UFC is doing, you you like the fact that they kind of pushed it, and they were the first ones to say like, "We're going to build an island. We're going to do whatever it takes." Yeah, of course, hundred percent. I mean, we, of course, that's what makes the fight. That's what makes the UFC, and that's what makes the fighters. You know, we we're not going to stop our life. You know, that that's what makes us the one percent, right? Where we kind of go through the we we go through the fire. Yeah, so. You've just got your your knee surgery last week. Is there a timeline for for your return? I'm actually seeing my uh, my surgeon tomorrow. Um, you know, like ACL meniscus. You know, they always give it. The doctors are always gonna give it like a, a six months, seven months. You know, I, I won't lie. You know, I had a couple of surgeries in my lifetime, and this is one of the top on the list for sure. Is the uh, so you're you're looking at maybe your like 2021 um, type return? Actually, no, I'm actually hoping half match. Trying to, I'm trying to aim before next year. Okay, so before the end of the year? Yeah. Is there any names that, that come to mind as a, as a fight? I'm sure you, as a fighter, I'm sure you want to run the Trinaldo fight back, I think. But is there, is there any other fights that come to mind? I mean, listen, uh, it's not that, I mean, if you look at my history of fighting, I got, I got robbed a couple of my fights, you know, so judges give to the other guy. It happens. Uh, the score points, scorecards, but. For me, I always wanted to fight the top 10. Like, I would love to run back Donald Cerrone. You know, I had a two-week's notice. I didn't really have a training camp for him. Mentally, I wasn't ready. I would love to fight a guy like Cerrone, Justin Gaethje. You know, you have, like, those type of st uh, strikers. You know, give, uh, you know we're going to keep it a standing. You know what I mean? 
it's a, it's a fan favorite fights, two guys striking it out. You know, one is a counter fighter, one is an offensive fighter. You know, I can play both sides. I can I can counter, I can play offense. You know, it's all about it's it, for me. It's always about uh, having good preparation. That, that was the hardest part. You know, to find a solid trainer, to find a solid trainer that I can trust fully, a guy who's gonna put the work with me, not just you know. Whenever he feels like it, he wants to show his face from time to time and then take all my fucking credit, you know, and then boss me around. You know what I mean? All the things that the fans don't see, what the fighters go through, all the bullshit, all the wannabe coaches out there, you know, they put things in my head. If John McDessie is, uh, if I'm 100% clear-minded and I go into the octagon, everyone knows that I'm going to KO that guy. You're training at the MMA lab now, right? I went to Arizona because the two reasons. I'm a big fan of Ben Henderson, and I fucking love the weather. Yeah, Ben, he was in your corner down in Brazil. What's it like working with him? Oh, he's a fucking. I have to. He's an awesome guy. He's uh, this this uh, that man is a very. He's a humble. He's very uh, biggest heart. You know what I mean? He's always giving himself to other people. He's a uh, he's a great great person. Great great human being, and I, and it makes sense why he became a champion. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I take my hats off Ben Henderson and all the guys from the MMA lab. They're a great bunch of people over there. You're now an exclusive company in the Canadian MMA world. There's only three guys that have competed in the UFC who are Canadian who have more fights than you. What what does that feel like to be mentioned along the likes of uh, GSP, Patrick Cote, and Sam Stout? You know, I sense you're on this topic because uh, I've been going, going back and forth with my brother. He says there's nobody... No- Who's left in the in the Canadian roster in the UFC? Because uh, he's telling me that there's nobody, and I'm like, it's impossible. There, there's a few fighters. There's guys like Kyle Nelson, um, but for the most part, when it comes to longevity of their careers, most people who have had long careers have kind of left. Like Elias Theodoru had left already, um, but I think long reigning. I think you're, you're probably the only one left. That's crazy. Uh, I put that puts some stuff that that puts things in perspective. Um, honestly, man, I, I I grew up. I'm a I'm I'm one of those guys who grew up with like I'm a dreamer. You know, I always wanted to be. Uh, I always wanted to have a, a legacy. I always wanted to be known one of the best. I wanted to be known one of the most exciting fighters in the world. Uh, I want to be known. You know, uh, under underdog. You know, I consider myself an underdog. Uh, I beat all odds. You know, I come from a. Middle-class family, no one, nobody's athletic in my family. Raised in a normal uh, Catholic household, my family, my parents, like I didn't have a father, I didn't have a cousin who was in the fighting business. I kind of took the hard, I took the long, hard road. You know what I mean? So, the, speaking of Canadian MMA fighters, there is a Canadian MMA fighter headlining this weekend's uh, card, Felicia Spencer, who's fighting Amanda Nunes. How do you feel about that fight? Obviously, Amanda Nunes is a killer, uh, possibly the greatest female of all time, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. How do you feel about that fight? Yeah, I'm going to watch that fight. When is it going to be again? Is it on Saturday? It's this Saturday, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to watch it. I mean, I hope, I'm always going to I'm always going to cheer for the Canadian. You know, uh, th- what that female, what's her name again? I, I, I don't remember. Felicia Spencer. Felicia, where's she from? What camp? I'm not sure. Uh, I know she's from out west, uh, but I don't. I don't know what camp. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's a, that's a big, that's a great fight. That's a big, that's a big platform. Uh, she's fighting, uh, she's fighting, you know what I mean? She's fighting a, a, a woman that has a big, you know, a reputation. You know, I mean, she was a champion, so uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I hope the guy, she does good and she doesn't break under pressure. Yeah, she fights out of uh, the jungle MMA and fitness. So I think she actually fights out of Florida, but uh, she's from Quebec. Yeah, see, that's the thing, you know what I mean? That's that's the crazy part. Canadian, Canada, the, Canada has to have better MMA camps. We always have to go outside of Canada to, to train good. There's not, there's not, we don't have good resources here. Yeah, I think TriStar is the only well-known, well-known camp. Yeah, TriStar, Montreal is pretty much TriStar, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, hopefully we can see you back in there soon. Um, hopefully that, that leg recovers really quickly. And uh, really looking forward to your next fight. Thank you, my man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time. And sorry about the, uh, the kerfuffle there at the beginning with, all, with the setup. It's all good, brother. Have a good day, man. All right. Yeah, you too.